Welcome, everyone. I'm Maggie Hulse, GM of Enterprise and Indeed, standing in today for Chris Himes. And welcome to the next episode of Here to Help. Today is November 8th, and we are on day 615 of Global Work From Home. And indeed, our mission is to help people get jobs. It's a mission that we are incredibly proud of. And we have five core values that help guide us on that mission, one of which is inclusion and belonging. In the U.S., this Thursday, we celebrate Veterans Day to honor all of those who have served our country in war or peace. And today, we will be talking about the experience of veterans their challenges transitioning to the workforce, what we do at Indeed to help veterans get jobs, and how we are recognizing and celebrating Veterans Day at Indeed. As a spouse of a veteran myself and the executive sponsor of our Veterans and Allies Inclusion Resource Group, this is a particularly meaningful topic for me. So my guest today spends most of his time thinking about helping the military community find jobs. Solomon Rima is a senior sales specialist on our Indeed for Military team. So Solomon, thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you, Maggie. So first off, uh, how are you doing right now? I'm doing really well. Thank you. I uh, took the dogs out for a brisk walk this morning and the cool weather and just the holiday season really always puts me in a great mood between Halloween, which is my favorite holiday ever, and Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, just seeing all the family and friends, it gets me pretty pumped up these last few months. So how have you been doing? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty good day so far. Thank you for asking. Halloween's also one of my favorite holidays. So um, let's begin by talking a little bit about your job at Indeed and how you help people get jobs every day. Of course. So I'm a senior sales specialist with the Indeed for Military team. And I work with both employers and in that Indeed supports and our internal sales CS GPS teams, uh, really just to help guide them on the value military job seekers bring to the table, as well as just what best practices and strategies they can implement when recruiting for those job seekers. So by educating employers on this community and just how they can improve their outreach to them, you know, we're able to help open up a lot more opportunities for those job seekers and even help remove some of the unconscious bias that could be there. Interesting. Well, and I know the military plays a large role in your story, uh, but tell us a little bit about your life before you joined the military yourself. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Yeah. So I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, Arlington, Texas. I was the youngest of eight kids to parents who were actually both emigrated to America. So while I didn't realize it at the time, I definitely had a bit of a unique uh, upbringing compared to many of the friends I grew up with. So my mom had come from Mexico as a child, but my dad actually came over from Egypt when he was in his early 20s. So he didn't know English or have any real connections here, but he just had this like incredible thirst for knowledge and just insane work ethic that led him down a lot of really great paths. So 
from working as a mechanic when he first got here to driving and owning his own cab in New York, you know, starting the restaurant, car lots, uh, various other businesses, and then bringing all of his family over from Egypt and giving them opportunities at those businesses. And then finally settling on real estate where he taught all of us kids to learn and learn about the business until he passed. And so thinking about it later, I realized how much of what he did and taught us really just tended to revolve around enriching our lives through education, family, uh, self-development and business. And one belief I've really held as long as I can remember now is that the more you push yourself past your comfort zone and the more experiences you have in your life means the more opportunities you have to gain wisdom and grow yourself as a human. And I think that came directly from seeing how my dad lived his life. Oh, that's amazing. And say a little bit about why you decided to join the military and the impact your military service had on you. Yeah. So in high school, I was involved in several sports and absolutely loved the team building and camaraderie I got there. So when high school finished, I started some college courses and I just, I really missed that. And so I had been thinking about the military before, but had never really pursued it. And I wanted to do something that I felt would really just challenge me and not only, not only physically and mentally, but also just provide me with the type of experiences that I felt I could really grow from. So I had thought about the military, but it wasn't until I ran into this Marine recruiter um, one day and he just started chatting with him and I really decided to do my homework on the different branches and finally pursue it. So there's countless things I can probably talk about in regards to how the military impacted my life. But I think one of the greatest lessons and the greatest impact came from um, a lesson I had very early on in my Marine Corps career. We have something called Marine Combat Training um, right after boot camp. And during that, I had an instructor who told us to take note of every good leader and every bad leader. Put those lessons of what not to do in your left pocket, put those lessons of what to do in your right pocket. And I think that training really, it allowed me to frame every situation like this throughout my 12 years in, in the Marine Corps. And so, it gave me a very net positive experience because even with the bad things, I always was able to focus on what lessons I could pull from each situation and how my Marines and I can use them to just become better tomorrow than we were today. And I think that habit of trying to frame every situation like that is still there now and you know, just really continues to help me grow throughout every experience I have in my life. Oh, that's such a great lesson. I feel like maybe all of us have learn something from managers in the past, things that we would want to emulate and things that we would say, hmm, not so much, um, is part of learning, isn't it? And, and how we all grow. Um, so once you left the military, what made you want to stay working with veterans? So I had first gotten out and I thought it would be pretty easy to find a job. You know, you see so much focus on hiring veterans throughout your you know, throughout just looking at companies, but I realized pretty quickly there's a lot of challenges there. And it was quite a bit of a struggle, but I, I had the opportunity with a company, it's a staffing recruiting agency who focuses on placing veterans that gave me a, the ability to work with and help veterans get jobs. So whenever that came up, I was pretty excited about it because I was able to help others overcome some of the same challenges I faced and just thinking about 
the opportunity to help make others' lives a little bit easier when there's something that I knew know is a challenge really just sounded really appealing to me. And so once I realized the impact I could have with the military community, I wanted to keep working with them and helping out wherever possible. Oh, that's awesome. So so now you've spent most of your career in recruiting and specifically recruiting for military experienced individuals, personnel. So what what in your view makes recruiting veterans different from you know, recruiting from other communities or other types of experience? So there's countless companies out there who love to employ veterans, as I found whenever I was doing my research initially. And, you know, they likely even have a whole military hiring initiative out there or hiring initiative to do just that. But even so, there's still so many hurdles that these job seekers have to go through to find employment. And many of the challenges they face seem to stem from just misconceptions about who they are as people, the experiences they've had, and how it all impacts their ability to do a job. But on top of this, you know, there seems to be a huge disconnect between what most military members are putting on their resume versus what companies are actually looking for that causes so many just phenomenal candidates to get overlooked. So as an employer, you really have to approach recruiting from the military community quite a bit differently and just with much more of an open mind if you want to have success in finding those candidates. So now you're at Indeed. Tell us about starting out in D- at Indeed in sales. Um, you know, what was that experience like and how has your role changed since then? Yeah. So I initially came over to Indeed with a very for a very similar position to what I'm in now. Um, there are some coworkers of mine that came over here, talked Indeed up, just talked about how great it was. I was able to visit the champion's office here in Austin, Texas, and just saw how phenomenal it was. So I started looking at opportunities, but I had a non-compete that stopped me from going right into the position I wanted. So instead, I started as an account executive here in Austin, Texas, where I supported businesses just with their overall recruiting strategies on Indeed and how to best use Indeed. So once I started, I was absolutely blown away by how great the culture was. Um, I grew super close with my growth low two team, which if they're watching, shout out to them. I love them. And it was, I was a part of that. And whenever the opportunity came up to step into my current role, it was incredibly, incredibly difficult to think about potentially having to leave that team. But Luckily, we had the sales reorg back in April, and it was at the perfect time, literally within a week of me finding this new opportunity, we found out we were doing that reorganization. So made the choice a lot easier um, since I would have been separating from them, most of them anyways. So luckily, we've all stayed incredibly close, and I've been able to get back to my passion of just working directly with that military community. So now my team's just at the forefront of creating new strategies products, tools that can help these job seekers break through a lot of the barriers they have. And that has been incredibly, incredibly fulfilling since I've started this. If you like this interview and want to hear more, hit subscribe. Catch up on any Here to Help episodes you might have missed and get new ones delivered directly to you. More with Solomon Rima after this break.
So when we think deeply about the barriers that people face when trying to find a job, um, as, as we think about that specifically for, you know, military job seekers, say a little bit about how Indeed is actually helping specifically military job seekers find success. So I think we're helping on two fronts through employer education and job seeker preparation. Well, for employers, we're providing a lot of guidance and education on just not only the value a military job seeker can bring to the table, but also how to better engage that community in their recruiting. And then for the job seekers, we have a military landing page with tons of content to help guide them through their career search, which this includes webinars, job casts, various articles, and even free resume reviews. And we've been adding so much more to that, that it's been really cool seeing the type of value we can add to that community. So indeed for military, this initiative you just described is also part of the inclusive hiring team. So say a little bit about how you work with um, our inclusive hiring team to help with our indeed wide goal of getting 30 million people with barriers hired. Yeah, so it's been super, super cool working with that team and just trying as we march towards that 30 million goal. But the Indeed for Military team has been able to capture military experience and job seeker profiles and just use it when we're curating a experience for both job seekers and employers on Indeed. And through a lot of that work, you know, we're spearheading and spearheading the work to test out new targeting and search capabilities for that audience. And the lessons we're learning from our, you know, the good things that have happened, the bad things, um, the positive, negative lessons, we're able to apply that directly to helping pave the way for the inclusive hiring team as we help out other job seekers with barriers. So Solomon, if if we could share um, some ideas or what we would like employers and people who have not had any military experience to know about hiring veteran hiring, hiring veterans um you know what would we say like how how can we help them better understand what they offer so there's a lot you can go into there um i think the two biggest things though is just focusing on the soft skills and their aptitude to do the job Veterans are incredibly quick learners. We're easily adaptable. We're put in various situations throughout our career that makes us have to learn quickly and just pick up um, lessons from those around us. So we're, we have the aptitude to do, do the job for those employers who are able to give a little bit of that bit of that training. And veteran skill sets and responsibilities are also not limited to just what they did in service not just what their military occupational skill was, but we have ancillary duties and B billets that give us a variety of skills that can be put to use. So for example, I was a bulk fuel specialist whenever I was enlisted and a ground supply officer when I was on the officer side. And as a bulk fuel specialist, I also was the safety training officer. I was the, um, or safety officer and the training officer. And then as a ground supply officer, I had various B billets because you're not just managing people, you're managing various other operations that are needed. So whether we go out on a field um, field exercise, I'll likely pick up one or two extra billets or one or two extra jobs during that. Or if we're in garrison, then I'm picking up a few extra jobs and during, uh, during that time. So there's a lot of skill sets veterans have that just are not portrayed on the resume. And so I think if 
if job seekers aren't really putting all that on there and if employers aren't asking the right types of questions or aren't looking past that initial resume, they're going to miss out on a lot of that. It's so true. Um, and it's, it is hard to convey in a resume the diversity of work and experience that so many military experience candidates have in all of their time serving, right? Um, it's a really good example. So, you know, shifting a little bit to um, a little bit about how you think about work in general. I think one thing that comes across as you've sort of described, described your background is um, this idea of work and how important having a good work ethic has been in your life journey. So I'm really curious, you know, what do you think about sort of what's happening in the world of work now with all of the upheaval and change that we've been through as part of COVID? So just work and work, work ethic, I think are as important as ever, if not more. Um, there's so much work to be done on all fronts if we want to make the world a better place for those around us, especially with the work environment. And I see what's happening with the great resignation. And it honestly really excites me because that I take as a sign of people taking a stand to bring balance back into their life, taking a stand to reconnect with their passions and do what they truly enjoy. And you haven't seen that in so long. And one of the things I found was really cool is there's 4.4 million new businesses created in the U.S. during 2020. Traditionally, recessions tend to be the largest uh, time where the most businesses come up. And the this is really just an incredible amount of work to think of that has gone into all of these businesses being created and work that's been done by so many people to start something new, to create opportunities for new jobs, to create opportunities for the types of jobs people want, um, for more creative, you know, uh, new opportunities that just haven't been there. And so, I don't know, just taking a look at that and seeing that opportunities are out there, seeing the work that people have done and seeing that a lot of that's likely adding to their communities, adding richness to their communities, I think has been really, really cool to watch. Interesting. And so you, you mentioned, you know, the importance of finding the right balance in our lives and how exciting it is to see people take a stand to bring sort of that balance back. What do you think it will take to ensure that we as indeed help all people get jobs and try to bring more balance back to the communities we serve? So there's a, uh, it's a really great quote by Jane Goodall. I like that says you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of difference, what kind of a difference you want to make. And I was chatting with Aiden, who puts the Here to Help series on the other day, and he brought up a term I really like called ecosystem of kindness. And started researching that, started uh, riffing about it with him. And I think if enough people just make that decision to be kind to others, to help each other learn and grow and work towards creating new and better ways of recruiting, doing business, then we'll start to see the change that's really needed to break down some of these barriers that are hindering so many people from getting jobs. And I think that great resignation, those 4.4 uh, million jobs that were, or million businesses that were created is a great step towards that. People are 
working with each other, helping each other start these businesses, encouraging each other during this time. And that's creating a lot more opportunity and just creating, again, a lot more richness in the community and just kindness to each other. Oh, it's so great. And it makes such a difference. We all know it when we experience it ourselves, right? Um, Well, so has there been anything, Solomon, that has happened during the pandemic that has left you even more optimistic for the future? I think so. Um, You know, looking at the news, there's no end to the good or the bad news that you can find online. You know, whatever your beliefs are, there's something to reinforce it. But I think if you take a look and keep a closer eye on the positive things, just happening around you, happening all over, um, you know, all over the news, then you'll start to notice just how much good there is to be optimistic about. And another one of my favorite quotes that I, I always think of during any sort of down times is what Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. And this is a really unique time that's forcing change for the better in a lot of cases. And it's positive changes in workplace culture, um, technology is being used in new ways that's really helping to bring people together. I have every other week online poker games now with friends that I normally don't get to talk to or don't get to see very often. And now I'm reconnecting with them. There's all sorts of my friends have the same types of stories where they're doing online gaming or, um, you know, just having regular virtual calls or my wife has a Every Saturday, she has her friend call with all her friends that are scattered across Atlanta and Omaha, and they just reconnect, they read books together, they have their online book club. And there's all these opportunities that are coming up and becoming more normalized, where it allows us to connect with each other that I feel like, not that we didn't have the ability to do it before, people just didn't do it as often because it wasn't as necessary. And so I think it's brought a lot of people together that were separated by distance. And I see an increased awareness of racial and gender disparities. There's a lot of social movements moving forward that are just helping to change the community and change the way people think. And then I look around my community and I see on the Nextdoor app uh, how many people are just offering help, offering assistance to those around them. For example, the great freeze that we had last year, which maybe we'll have again this year, hopefully not. But uh just about to plant a bunch of plants. So hopefully those won't all die. But I, during that whole time, you know, I saw so many people, anyone who had a four wheel drive car, they were going out and about helping people. They were, um, you know, faring water and food to those who needed it. And just seeing that, seeing the action that came up so quickly when the demand was there was just really, really motivating. And it, it gets me excited every time because I'm like, man, I see more and more of that. It's just a snowball effect of kindness. As people start helping each other, others see that, they get motivated and they want to start helping and it just keeps going. And so as I look for those helpers, I'm seeing more and more of them. And I look at all that and I I really start to see that ecosystem of kindness that Aiden had mentioned um, that I talked about a little bit before and that that keeps me optimistic for the future, keeps me optimistic for, you know, what will happen down the road and just all the advances we'll have across the board. No, that was really inspirational. You're right. That's definitely a future I think we all want to live in, right? 
um, that ecosystem of kindness. That's a, that was really great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Solomon, for joining me today. It was really great having this conversation with you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Here to Help. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download the podcast to stay up to date with the latest episodes. Until next time.